Hey, this is Thinking and Drinking. I'm your host, Bart Almond. Over the last 30 years or so, I've worked for major record companies, working with major artists such as Alabama, the Dixie Chicks, and Florida Georgia Line. I've also been writing songs for the past 15 years, have over 50 cuts, two number ones, and made a lot of friends along the way. I'm going to be talking to some of those friends about songs, life on the road, and just life in general. I hope you have as much fun as I will. Derek Benitez is the best drum tech I know. He's also the only drum tech I know. I was on the road for two or three years with D-Rec and the FGL gang, and he is, without a doubt, one of the most kind, big-hearted, always-smiling kind of guy I've ever met. His bio says that besides Sean Fuller from FGL, Ray Lugier from Korn, Greg Morrow and Anton Fig from Joe Bonamassa, he's now out with Chris Stapleton. He says he's just trying to see all of the loading docks from all of the venues around the world and share some cocktails with some friends. Well, Derek came out to Disgraceland and spent an hour or two with me. It was the best couple hours I've had in a long time. Here's my friend, Derek Benitez. Derek Benitez. Hello. Hello. God, you sound like freaking Sinatra on this microphone, dude. Oh, man. Should I take it with me? I think you should. I think you should talk through that microphone all the time. There was a, interesting enough, there was a lady at a venue <laughs> in Milwaukee this weekend, this past weekend, and she goes, she was on the other set of a row of cases, and I was directing some of the local hands, and she came around and she was like, well, that is not the face that I thought that voice would fall out of. And I was like, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> and like, she goes, no, 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 I think you have a radio voice. She's like, I'm not saying you have a radio face. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> most people in radio have a face for radio. Right. But she backed it up with, I'm not saying you have a radio face, but you have a radio voice. Hmm. I personally hate my voice recorded. Me. And did you tell her that she has the hands for glove modeling? <laughs> but that's about where it ends. <laughs> what do you oh, mean man. you hate your voice? How do you hate your own voice? Man, I've heard my voice recorded on, I don't know, not podcasts. Many records? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, voicemails. And I'm just like, mm, no, that's. I hate my voice, too. No, I do. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Did every demo I've ever sung for myself, I just think. Doesn't everybody, though, kind of hate their voice? Uh, probably not, because their ego is way bigger than ours. <laughs> Wayne Newton doesn't hate his voice, you know? Dude, nobody hates Wayne Newton's voice. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. So you're from Kentucky. I am. Where exactly, Kentucky? Oh, man. <clears throat> Small town south of Owensboro. Owensboro's probably the biggest town near. Okay. It's called Livermore. Uh, liver as in your liver? Yeah. Like you hope your liver lives yep. more? Livermore, Kentucky. <laughs> the Green River runs through it. Uh, there's nobody really there claim to fame, man. Like you? 14, you kidding me? 1,400. Dang. The census. That's the county seed, too. Well, no, no, it's not the county seed. It's larger than the county seed. Okay, so <clears> I <throat> met you when I was... You were working for FGL, so was I. How many guys on the Jason Aldean, FGL, how many guys on that tour were from around Owensboro? I don't know. You got Alan. Well, yeah. Al, there were a lot of Kentucky guys. Yeah. There was a, there was like seven or eight Kentucky yeah. guys. Because we played UK one day, one night. We played oh, yeah. uh, Rupp Arena. Rupp Arena. And it was a big deal for all of us, man. We all, you know, we did pictures in the in the locker room and everything. It was cool. 
that was like one of those moments for me that was like, this job's worth it. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, I was out with Clint Black and we did three days of rehearsals at Rupp Arena. Oh, really? And he came out and he goes, <laughs> he goes, hey, Louisville. No. And the crowd just went. They, and he lost them. Ne- never got him back. You can't. It's because like, dude, we've been here for three days. What are you doing? That, and the bad thing is, like, in Kentucky, <laughs> everybody's a Kentucky fan except for Louisville people. Yeah. If you said that in Lexington, I would feel like they, he wouldn't get invited back. He oh, probably dude. hasn't done a show there since. I doubt it. I doubt it. Were you from a musical family? Somewhat, yes. So my father's side, very much so. My mother's side, not at all. But I didn't grow up with my biological father. Okay. He was a drummer, though. Did you, I know you're a... There's the lineage. Exactly. <laughs> I know you're a world-famous drum tech, oh, but man. do you play drums? I do. I play a little okay. bit uh, for fun. Um, here lately, not so much. Probably in the last year, not so much. Is that just because room and space and you need... Absolutely. Yeah. We moved into a condo not too long ago, and it was like, mm, that's not happening. Uh, but I've been looking for uh, uh, a spot, maybe. But I, I'm also not like a, let's make a band and, and yeah. do shows. I just play for fun. Yeah. Plus, when you when you play in, a, in an arena <laughs> through a PA, you know, it's, it's going to be really hard to go do a show in, <laughs> yeah, in your basement, right? <laughs> for your niece's, your three-year-old niece's right. birthday party. It's a little uh, great. So, were you in a band as a kid? I was for five seconds. What was the name of that band? Oh man, I, I want to say at, at that iteration, uh, there. Well, there was one. I don't know. They they kind of morphed. It was high school bands, man. Sure. And the time that I was in it, we never did a show. So I never really was in the band, I guess. Right. We never did a show, so it's not... I don't count it. But a friend of mine was in a semi-successful band that traveled the area. Okay. Some bars and stuff. And that's how I kind of got into drum teching. That's what I was going to ask oh, you. That's where it went, man. And I was like, oh. This is cool. I could do this. I was always kind of a gear nerd anyway. So I kind of kept up with that more than I kept up with my chops. Right. So that kind of was my natural path. What was your first gig as a a pro? As a drum tech or just touring? Well, what did you do before you... I started in audio because I went to a... I went to a... I started... I went to a recording art school here in Nashville. What school? SAE. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, I graduated from that, and I was like, at the time, I was like, the studio gigs were kind of drying up, and right. it was like, you could you could do it with a laptop in your basement. Mm. Yeah. You know? uh, and also, I was like, yeah, you could do that. <laughs> yeah. Anybody can, you know. But I was like, man, I don't know if I want to be stuck somewhere where there's no windows. You happen to have some windows, which is I good do. for you. I like windows. A lot of studios don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, and I was talking to the counselor at the school uh, who had just been replaced. And he was a new guy and he was kind of young. Hmm. He was fully covered in tattoos. Uh, but I was like, I'm not sure that, you know, this is really the path, but this is how I'm starting it. And he's like, well, are you interested in live? And I was like, yes. How do I get to there? Yeah. 
and he knew a guy, and that's how it started, man. So I started in really? audio. Okay. Um, flying PA. It was a small gig. It was for um, oh Jeremy Camp, a Christian artist. Oh yeah, yeah. So we did a lot of churches. He goes mega to our churches. Church. Yeah, yeah. And um, we did a lot of theaters and stuff like that. So I would fly PA, then come up and patch the stage, and that was my uh, my gig for a while. Dude, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then through that, I did some other uh, Christian tours. Uh, you started with Red. I did. So they're, through they're Christian that, band, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, some friends of mine were like, uh, you know, we need a we need a guy, and I was like. I can drum tech. That's me. I can do that. Yeah. You know, I'm not a good player, but I can, you know, I can do that. Do you need to be a player? I don't think so, man. Um, I was wondering that about guitar techs. Cause like we were talking about Mike Hickey earlier yeah. with Bonamassa. He's a, shredder. a freaking shredder. Yes. He's a great guitar player, but I don't know if you need to be a man. Be I've a player. always felt like techs. There are two types of techs. There are, uh, techs. And then there are musicians who are techs. Yeah. And you can tell the difference. Musicians that are techs are the guys that will restring a guitar and then they'll play it for the next three hours before yeah. what sound check comes up, you know. And then there's techs that will restring will restring six guitars in that amount of time. And there's the guitar techs, which I can see him. One of my biggest fans in the world, biggest bands in the world. When he would do the sound check uh -huh. thing, he would play Eruption, like note for note, it's like out there on stage. It's like, dude, you're not the guy we came to see. You're fine. You're a right. good player. Now we just scoop. need to make sure it works and it sounds good. It's on. Right. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the, the where I come in as far as the way I do things. Uh I try to work for the drummer yeah. and what he's looking for, not what I'm looking for and what I think sounds good. Um, those two things are sometimes very different. Yeah. And then I'm also looking at, you know, yeah. my monitor guy and my front of house guy. And I give them what they ask for and nothing more. I'm not up there to do a drum solo for the right. next 10 minutes. Well, as a headliner, that's all done before the doors are open anyway, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But those guys, you know, they want to go through a line yeah. check and maybe a sound check if we have to. Yeah. They want to go through a line check and get it over with and go take a nap. <laughs> right. Their biggest thing is like, how quickly can I go take a nap? What what time? Okay, you're out with Stapleton, obviously headliner. Mm -hmm. What? Okay, if you have a, like we were talking earlier, Leave it Wednesday at midnight or whatever. Uh -huh. Have Thursday, Friday, Saturday gigs. Go home. Okay, so Thursday night, midnight. What's What happens after that? Have you already taken a shower at the venue? At midnight? By midnight? Maybe uh, not? Pretty close, probably. Okay. Backline's pretty quick to be out. And it's like, if you're not out within 30 minutes of yeah. showdown, you got a slow backline. Okay. And then you got carps waiting on you. You got other What's teams. What's like um, Carpenters, the guys okay. that build the stage. You've got lighting guys that are trying to take lights down. Right. So they're like, get off, get out of here yeah. as quickly as possible. So uh, I would say for the most part, back, most backline guys try to be out in 30 minutes under. So you take a shower at the venue. Yeah. Get on the bus, have a couple of cocktails, 
Maybe some after-show food. Maybe some food. Yeah, hopefully some food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fourth meal, man. <laughs> so then tomorrow morning, what time are you up and at them? Man, I, here lately I've been getting up early. Like I've been getting up for a backline guy. Yeah. And, I'm, uh, you know, anybody else that tours would call us like country club. Like we're, we're walking in <laughs> at the... You know, the end of breakfast? The butt crack of 11 a.m., you know? Uh, like, a lot of those guys get up super early, and yeah. they're up, you know, hours before backline. So I don't need to be up that early, because most of the time I would just be in the way. Dude, when I was out with you guys yeah. with FGL, yeah. I, would, I always loved getting up, and I would go have breakfast with the bus drivers, because they had all the cool stories from last night. And <laughs> they had, if you want to talk... Or if you just want to listen, they... It's pretty much just listen. Yeah. <laughs> they got a lot to talk but about, man. I would, I would get up. I mean, here at the house, I get up between 3 and 5 in the morning because I love the cool, dark, quiet when yeah. I read. But out there with you guys, I was still getting up at 6 or 7. Yeah. And, and I was always the only guy on the bus. At that time, it was mm-hmm. Elliot and all those cats. But were you were you going down at two thirty or three in the morning? Yeah. Oh man, how did you do it? Did I only ever sleep three or four hours a day? Wow. What are you? I were just, you in the military? No, I just <laughs> trained my dumb body to do that. Wow. <laughs> I don't like sleeping. I always feel like I'm missing something. You definitely are missing something, but it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So much so that I try to do it twice a day. Nice. So you you're up at eleven. You're, no, no, I've actually. I, mean, I know you're way before then. Yeah. I definitely catch breakfast like no later than eight thirty or nine yeah. for me. Uh, but if for backline, as far as my job starting, I, probably at earliest nine thirty ten. We have a we have a backstage set up like a. A dressing room set up for the guys, so we have a full rig, drum set, guitar rigs. Oh, that's cool. Okay. They either, they could record during the day. There's even a record rig in there. Uh, So they can record during the day. It's like a Pro Tools thing? Yeah. Um, Or they can just go in there and noodle. Or they can work out a part for later that night, whatever. Um, The set list for us is a day-to-day thing. It's pretty much set, but... It can change definitely That's day cool. to day. So they can go in there during the day and be like, hmm, let's let's try this song. Haven't done right. it in a while. Let's let's go over it a few times. So we have a backstage setup that starts that comes off with some production stuff way earlier than backline truck dumps. How many people are in Stapleton's band? Well there's there's the core four that's Okay. No matter what, it's always gonna be them. It's Chris and his wife Morgan. Right. The bla- the bass Who player I love. JT and the drummer Derek. And then uh, most of the time, Dave Cobb is there playing guitar, but there are times that he's out. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know but that. For the most part, he's there. Oh, that's um, cool. Like the last gig we did, he he didn't do that one, but he did the one before, and he's done pretty much all of them this so year. So you're saying when he doesn't come, I could, I could, you could, I could theoretically in. step in. I mean, in. I've known Chris a long time and Morgan. You know, I'm just saying. You should talk to him, man. I'd love to have you out, dude. That'd be a blast. I don't need a tech. I like. I'll bring two acoustic guitars and a, I'll bring my own stinking di. Hey, man, you I me? could actually do it. I've been dude. doing bass changes with JT, and have I'm a really? drum tech. Well, seriously, on that note, once the drummer gets going, uh-huh. I For, mean, 
in the last in one of your last bands, weren't you running the Ableton rig? I was. Yes. So for FGL, like uh, I pretty <clears throat> much took care of Sean until showtime, and then he was for the most part on his own. But if something went down, yeah, I would try to help best I could. But I was also running the tracks rig that ran a lot of things. Yeah, click lighting cues. You know, is that how cues. Stapleton's band is, or is that just all buck naked? It's bug naked. Yeah. It's stripped as it can be. There is no click. There are no tracks. There's no backing anything. There's so once Derek gets on stage and they count off the first song, you're done until the show's over unless something breaks. Unless, uh, if you see me around the kit, <laughs> something drastically horrible. Something's is, wrong. Something's bad. <laughs> and, and I may not be coming back if it's that bad. <laughs> I may be taking a gray home home. Do you, do you remember when this snare drum worked? Do you remember that? <laughs> right. So. So, but now, because I have that time, I take care of JT, and I just do his bass swaps. You know, he has. Um, so not being an seven. idiot, why why would a bass player need to swap? Is out of tune or just, and is he using there, different tunings for different basses? There are a couple okay. different tunings. Uh, and then some he just likes. Um the sound, some of them are like sure. a hollow body or whatever. They just have different sounds, different bass, strokes for different folks for different bass, songs, bass, I guess. Bass players, yeah. whatever. But don't, man, don't tell Steve Mackey I said that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, man. And I'm one of the few that has in-ears. A lot of those guys on stage, they're all wedges, except for Morgan. She does use in-ears, but yeah. all the rest of them are, are wedges. She's such a great singer. But I have JT and Derek primarily in my ear. And the bass lines that JT does, I don't know if it's, maybe I haven't been listening to bass lines my yeah. whole life or touring, but the bass lines he does are amazing. Well, there's there's guys that purely mimic the, the record, mm. and then there's guys that go, eh, the record was cool, but listen to this. <laughs> Let me take some liberties here, <laughs> yes. right? You know, and I'll take liberties until you tell me to stop boss man i think i think his parts are well well written and I, th I think he's very tasteful with his parts especially for the fact that a lot of the stuff you know he's holding a lot of melody like oh. he's i i guess just from how they write I, i'm not <coughs> sure but excuse me it's pretty it's pretty awesome <coughs> dang it so when dave cobb is not out there hmm. is there somebody else filling that melodic space or does it leave more room for the bass player it probably leaves a lot of room okay for him. yeah that's probably really cool for yeah. him to go now there are two other members that are come and go whenever they can be there one <coughs> is uh paul franklin he plays steel Dude, which awesome. if anybody knows yeah. steel you should know paul franklin and if you don't you're an idiot right uh and then they have uh the harmonica player uh, mickey Raphael. Which Mickey Willie's guy? Yeah. Has, Holy I just cow, found out I didn't know, you know that. I always knew he played for uh Willie, but he played for Willie for forty eight years. I was gonna say it's gotta be thirty or forty. I didn't oh, forty eight years. Gosh. That that dude is like he's uh, he's gotta be in his seventies and he doesn't look a day older than forty eight years old. Does he look older than me? No. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway. <laughs> Chris always introduces him as the sexiest <laughs> harmonica player in the world. Awesome. Literally every night. It's great. So as a, as a, I'm always 
confused, not confused, but intrigued. Do you get paid by your the drummer or mm. by the management company or or who takes care of guitar techs and drum techs mm. and like that? Because I mean, obviously, the drummer has to say this is my guy, right? But so who pays you? I've never understood that. So it's pretty interesting uh, in country music. It's a little different pay scale than it is in rock and pop. I'm sure you know, okay, but yeah. uh, the band takes care of the okay. techs. So, like for instance, uh, in the FGL days, I was Sean's drum tech, right? But Sean didn't pay me out of his pocket. That was an FGL, okay, thing. I was an FGL employee, and the interesting part with country over rock or pop is that um, a lot of times. Uh, with your headlining, I guess you could say headlining, um, headlining country music bands, a lot of those guys are like a, a salary guy, almost exactly like band members. There are hired guns and there's salary guys that work for the the company, right? The FGL company, right. or whatever the case may be. So yeah, it's a. Uh, it's not necessarily the the drummer's guy, so but he has a lot to do with who they hire. Yeah, right. Like with Chris, it was it was a big deal for me to get to know Derek the drummer and also the other techs that were already in place with the band, um, and they kind of you know vetted me and I'm sure others yeah. before they figured out who they wanted to go out with. So you've done. Club tours, you've done huge rock tours, huge country tours. What's the biggest difference? Is it the crowds? Is it how many buses there are? Is it hotels? Is it catering? I mean, what's the biggest difference? Man, the biggest difference is how much you walk in the day. Really? It really Seriously? is. Seriously? Because your bus is parked way down there? My, you could either be miles away or you can be right out the back door. Yeah. It literally... <laughs> For a backline guy, it really is that because most likely, whether you're playing a club or you're playing a stadium, your drummer or your guitar player is going to use his rig. Right. And it's that's the rig. It's either I play on this or we don't play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So regardless of the size, most likely the the, the guitar techs and the drum techs are all going to have – their day is the same pretty much. Yeah. It's just – how much further am I going to be walking all this stuff? What are you responsible for? I mean, I remember your your leopard skin. <laughs> what did we name her? Oh, no. It was uh, from uh, the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Um, what the crap? Anyway, what are, what are you responsible for owning? I mean, obviously, you've got your, your table with, mm -hmm. when full of sticks, changing heads, whatever. Is that what you're responsible for? Or are you you don't own drum cases and crap like that, no, right? That's no. all the on the drummer or the band or whatever. Pretty much the band pays for all that okay. stuff. But as far as your workbox and your tools, workbox, yeah, yeah. As as far as your workbox, your tools, the things you need to do for your trade or whatever it is, uh, that for the most part, every band that I've been with is that's been on you. It's on you, yeah, yeah. And you take that. You take that with you from whatever band you go to, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so do you, all... do you try to keep your work box small enough, like, to fit in your pickup? So in case they go, hey, dude, see ya. I always try to, but, man, that thing gets heavy. 
no matter what. And you're always like, man, I really need a couple of buddies right now. Oh, man. <laughs> That's the worst thing is the movement of those things. Who decides uh, when cymbals get cleaned and changed, when heads get changed? I mean, is that all up to the drummer? Does he tell you, I want these drums changed every day? I want these cymbals changed every other day? Or how does that work? Man, I think it's just... Uh it's the drum tech's discretion, I feel like, but I've I've always, you know, tried to figure out the drummers, yeah, you know, what they're feeling and how, you know, there's a lot of things I would like to do for myself, but I really can't. It's like like what? Well, um, you find out how hard they hit and how okay. often you need to change heads. It's kind of like with guitar players, how much they sweat, right? And how much they're bending them guitar strings. And so they say. Guitar players don't sweat. You know? They don't sweat. Oh, right, right. Guitar players are cool. (laughs) Drummers sweat, and I feel like every drummer I've ever worked for has been acid sweat. Dude. (laughs) It could just corrode anything. But, yeah, I I, I always try to to fill them out, and and you end up learning, like, a schedule basically. Yeah. And it's just like every so many days, every so many shows, I need to change this, change this, whatever. Right. And uh, everybody's different. Who's had the most complicated kit you've worked on? Sean Fuller. Seriously? More than like Ray or somebody? Uh, Ray's wasn't really that complicated, man. I, I did a short stint with Ray and Sean Fuller. <laughs> it's because of the acid sweat. Right. <laughs> Uh, Ray's wasn't that complicated, man. Uh, the guy before me, uh, I, I was helping him out. He had to go home. He had built a kit. Uh, it was it was pretty. Was that with corn or no? That was it. he was so he was doing. Um, he was band leading um, Jonathan Davis's Jonathan's solo solo. Okay. Yeah, okay. and actually, he had a lot of Nashville guys playing on that yeah. live. Well, Ray lives here, correct? Yeah, he yeah, is. yeah. Dude, that guy's a freaking monster. He's a monster. He's a monster. He's one of those guys that just, as a guy that used to attentively drum me, he just, I watch him and I just get scared. He's so good, man. Oh, man. And he's perfect for what he's doing. He can do so many other things, but he's perfect for what he's doing. Yeah. So he's also a good guy to like tour with. He's Uh, fun to be around. Uh, That was a really fun tour to do. If we got a minute, I'll tell you this. Yes. Uh, So the very last show I'm doing with him, and keep in mind, I just went out to help out his original drum tech who mm-hmm. went home early. And so I'm only taking over for what he's prepared for as far as the tour is concerned. We get to the very last show, and it's uh, it's a festival. Uh, there's a bunch of other rock bands on the bill, a lot of which, like I grew up listening to, uh, STP was on the bill. <laughs> Stone, uh, um, oh, uh Allison Chains was on the bill, and so I'm like, man, there's some killers on here. This is going to be a great day. And I was telling Ray this, and I was like, oh, also, um, today I need to do a head change. You're just, you're there. You've wallered out some of these heads. They're bad. I've got to, I have to do a full change. Bad news is you have only half the kit on this type of head and half the kit on this type of head. Like, you don't have a full set of one type. I don't know if your tech had like just miscalculated or what. And he's like, ah, it's fine. Just put up whatever you want to. I don't care if they're mismatched. It's not a big deal. And I was like, well, that's not really what we do, but okay, I can do that. But I will say one is a coated head and one is like a color tone red 
clear head. Clear head, yeah. So they're very, they're, they're very, very different. different. He's like, you know what? Just do the clear ones up top for the rack toms, and then my floors. If I've got, you know, <laughs> do the coatings down there. And I was like, are you sure? And he goes, well, that's all we got. We got to deal with it. It's not a big deal. We're Dude. playing. It was the solo project, so they were playing at like four in the afternoon. Right. So I was like, all right. And I go and I change the heads. I do what he was, what he'd asked for. And then later, he comes over with the drummers from those two bands that I was talking about. <laughs> right. Like these monsters that I'd listened to when I was a kid and look up to very much so. And he's like, oh, this is, you know, my new guy, Derek. He's helping me out here lately. And he goes, I, what's, what's going on up there, Derek? Why do I got two different kind of heads? <laughs> Throws me right, right under, the, under bus the bus in front of these guys. Right. And I'm like, Oh, but he was joking and it was a big thing. We all had a big laugh. It was, it was funny, but yeah. for a second there. I was and then like, you oh, locked man. him out of the bus. <clears throat> you left him at a Stuckey's in Kearney, Nebraska. Right. And then I gave him only one drumstick to start the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you can only click on two and four. Right. Congratulations. He probably could have made it though, that guy. So if you have, and I know quite a few of the guys you've worked with, if you have a guy that, for lack of better term is a, a complete a-hole. I mean, what do you, what, what do you do? Cause you got to deal with them all day, every day. I mean, you just try to stay out of their way or, or I mean, what do you, what do you do? How do you handle that? And I think the guys that I know you've yeah. dealt with some great guys. Yeah. I've never really had that problem. That's awesome. Good. I really haven't. No, nobody I've ever worked for has been like that. And Good. I feel very fortunate. So I don't know what I'd do in that situation. So Try never, to get out of it quickly. You've never dealt with me, have you? <laughs> man, we've been on tour before. It was great. Absolutely. We had fun, You were man. always the guy that I just, I knew, no matter what's going on, no matter where we are, I need somebody that's smiling. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna the go, guy. I'm going to go see you. Right on, man. And I just, I freaking love that. We can go like, dude, what would Dimebag do? I know. <laughs> I'm not even a guitar player, but I was always like, I always loved that guy. And I saw you wearing a shirt one day. I'm like, you know what? I knew we were going to be friends. Yep. It's 115. We're in St. Louis. What would Dimebag do? What's what's the uh, what's the most stupid thing a drummer's ever asked you to do? Play for them. What do you mean? Hey, can you do this for me right now? And I'm like, no. Like the show? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, one time it was just for sound check, and I, I was like, I mean, I could, but I really don't. Mm. Well, but that's not even fair because you don't play. Even if you're a fantastic drummer, you it, it's like guitar players. Yeah. You and me can play the same guitar through the same amp, and it ain't gonna sound the same. No. Same thing with drummers. I it's promise like, you, it won't sound the same. Well, if it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> that. I think that's why I never jumped into this. You know, to the actual band and. Because I'm so nervous when I get in front of crowds. I failed public speaking twice in college. Okay, twice. At the end of the second one, the teacher was like, you just want to take it with like a different teacher or something. Right. I'm not going to just, I'm like, it's not, I can't do that. I, I just think, you know. And you can, here's the thing. You cannot be a drummer and be nervous. No. And your you're the, heartbeat starts raising. You you're the pulse of everything. You're the freaking dump truck man. If your pulse man. runs away, there's no way. 
Yeah. You can't do that. And I I think I recognized that early on and was like, you know what? I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm just going to make my lane the best I can make it. Yeah. I'm I'm going to be as good as I can be at drum teching because I do love drums. Yeah. I love touring. I love music. I love this whole world like that encompasses that. And I want to be part of it. So if this is how I can be part of it, I want to be the best I can be at it. The drummer's the truck driver. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even if you suck, you're still you're still driving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things, you know. If 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 the uh, if the lights don't come on or something doesn't blink during a concert, the show must go on. But if the drums, if you don't have them, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like nightmares of mine that somebody puts like a kick beater through a kick head, and it's like, <gasps> how do we, <laughs> dude? You know what I mean. You know, uh, that's a five minute change right there, man. No way, shape, or form about it. I've heard that uh, Gump, who was Neil Peart's drum tech, oh, has changed a drum head during the show. Oh wow! He crawled up under there, but you know, freaking Vinnie Paul, <clears throat> his drum beater was wood. Then he duct taped a silver dollar on the front of it, and it's like. How many times are you changing that drum head? Right. That's got to be every show, right? Uh, to me, I would I change would, it quite often just for the fear. Just, yeah. I will say there was a show one time where Sean was playing and his main props to Sean, his main kick pedal. I don't the spring. I can't remember. I think the spring broke or flew out. I don't know. But his main kick pedal just ceased to exist it stopped working and i was like <gasps> he played the rest of the song while i was fixing it underneath of him he played the rest of the song with and probably half of the next one with his left foot which is incredibly hard yeah i i and, couldn't do it like that <laughs> and sean's also a very percussive yes very bass drum heavy drummer absolutely so that yeah that's awesome man Who's your dream drummer? I mean, who would you do you want to go out with Portnoy or or Mike Mangini or some one of those kind of guys or or who would you like to just bask in the glory of that drummer, Nico McBrain? That's who oh, I would man. go out with. That would be a tough one, Nico. Tune all those dude, forty five toms. Are you <laughs> <Right>. kidding me? <laughs> Symbols that are almost vertical. All I the would time. feel like I need like a piano to tune that kit. It's like <laughs> you know what I mean, but. I don't know, man. Uh, I we as we were talking earlier, you know, I'm a huge Metallica fan. Yeah, and just to be able to sit and listen to Dude, those songs every night, that'd be awesome. Sign me yeah. up. Sign me up. But I do know his tech through Sean. See, there you yeah. go. He's a good dude, man. Yeah. Um, I'd probably do that one, man. What do you do on days off? Nothing. As little as possible. <laughs> As little as possible. <laughs> Sleep. Because, you know, like we were talking, you know, you end the night, it's 2.30, 3 a.m. before you even think about hitting your bunk. Yeah. Because after a show and after a, a fast-paced loadout, and then you need some time to wind down. You know, yeah. we're we're back yep. we're back at the bus having a few cocktails, having some after-show food, some laughs. Everybody starts Just to wind down. The next thing you know, it's 3 a.m. Checking the baseball scores, if nothing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. At earliest, 3 a.m. Yeah. And and if you're talking about trying to be up at 8 o'clock the next morning or 9 o'clock the next morning and trying to be somebody, you're missing out on a few hours every night in a row. <laughs> and you got to get your 
shoes out of the, <laughs> out of the aisle, aisle. or Lex have- will destroy you. <laughs> or fall on you. Or f- like he did me. Yeah. Yes. Right. So what have you been doing during COVID? I mean, how did you go from FGL to Chris Stapleton? And I mean, I, none of this is anybody's fault, man. It's just oh, yeah. weirdness. It yeah. Uh, you know, and I say it was tough. It was tough for everyone. I'm not just saying it was tough for me. It was tough for everyone. Yeah. I know, you know, I've talked to, you know, we've had those conversations, but for me, you know, at the time, right at the top of 2020, I was with Sam Hunt actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was with Sam Hunt at that time. I had, I had decided to leave FGL, nothing against those dudes. Love those dudes. I've been through a lot with those guys, but it was, it was time to do something different. I'd moved on and I'd picked up with Sam Hunt. We did a couple shows, and then right at the end of February, uh, we finished the show, went home, and the next thing we were doing was a couple months later, we were going to start rehearsals, mm-hmm. which didn't happen, man. Yeah. So COVID hits, uh, you know, March, and we're looking at March, and we're going, is this going to be a couple weeks, or is it going to be maybe a month? Who knows? So at the end of March, I was like, well, all right, we're now at just over – Two weeks, maybe, from the lockdown. Yeah. Two weeks, and I'm like, I'm bored. <clears throat> and, you know, I want to be as safe as possible, but I, you yeah. know. A friend of mine comes to me, and she's like, you know what? I'm going to go to Amazon and just pick up some shifts and make a little extra money while I can. My tour, her tour, didn't start till July. So I was like, hey, that's a good idea. You know, I can do that. So I go. I go with her. Part-time, just slinging boxes. Yeah. Uh, a month, you know, a couple weeks turns into a month, turns into two months, and it's like, oh, this is this is going to be very different than what I thought. Yeah, it's more serious than I thought. It's this might be my job now. Were you wearing a mask all day long? All day, yeah. every day. They did temperature checks in and out. Yeah, there was social distancing inside. It, it was wild, and um, so we get to a certain point, and and Sam. Love that dude and all their crew and everything, but they just, they couldn't do it. He had also had the year off the year before. So it's not like he had done a bunch of shows and had uh, money in the bank. You know, what's his drummer's name? That big guy? Tall. Yes. Uh, Josh Sales. Yes. Josh Sales. Man. It's the booze. It's the booze. Uh, I can't remember nobody's name, man. <laughs> he would kill me and be like, "What? You didn't remember Dude, my name?" Cats. He's a big man. He's he's uh he's a phenomenal drummer. Yeah, as no well. kidding. But he's a drum punisher. Um. So they had they had told us you know by the end of July that it, right that was going to be it, and so I was like, man. uh, this just turned into a full-time job. So as soon as I could, mm. I applied for full-time with the Amazon. Um, n- nothing against anybody who drew unemployment. I was just like, I'm ready, able, willing yeah. body. I can do something. Ready to go. Yeah. So I just got in the workforce, man. Did that for the year and kept my ties with everybody. And when everything was going to get together, I was looking. So. Yeah. And in that time, you know, I'd done some stuff. I did some Joe Bonamassa stuff where we did uh, uh, 
a show at at the Ryman and taped a DVD Which was out of that. Wonderful. Yeah, that was way with the Dude, the good so uh, cool. to Tom Morrow man. That, yeah, he's, man, he's a beast as well, I, brother Greg. <laughs> Dude, that was a fun one, man. He's the most laid back. Just he's such a a. a He's walking the fine line between such precision <laughs> and also just beating the chrome off a hitch, man. And making it look like he's not doing anything. Dude, if you watched his face, you'd be like, he's not playing drums. But right his now. hands ne- hardly ever get above his waist. Everything's down here. It's, it's, it's all so lower body almost. Oh, man, gosh. I wish I'd have done Morrow's the best there I, is, man. I really wish I'd have pulled more time with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ugh, love that guy. And even the man. short time that I was with him, I was all ears. Anytime he spoke, I was listening. He's also just one of the sweetest cats in the world. Yeah. He's always got a hug. He's always got a smile. He's always just... It, it, it's a really good lesson for all of us. Mm. Just be happy, man. Yeah. You know, Purple. Purple's his thing, too. All his <laughs> cases are purple. Are they really? Yeah. His uh, cymbal toppers, the, the little pads, purple. Oh, man. So what is your view of touring? I mean, what what's going to happen? Man, nobody knows. Nobody really knows. Are you guys on the road like We're like, on Oh, it's full force. Full okay. It's full force. We have we ha- I think we have roughly 50 dates that started the end of Ju- July and Dang. run through December 5th. And we're every weekend country touring. Like you're talking about, yeah. out Wednesday, do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, home on Sunday. We're out every weekend between now and December 5th. Are you guys getting checked? I mean, were you told so, to get vaxxed or yeah. how, how does that work? So before the tour started, we are a fully vaxxed tour. Everybody, including band members, all touring staff are all fully vaxxed. Are you told to, be, to do that? I, I was before we started. Yeah. So. When I started, it was everything was kind of already rolling yeah. into rehearsals, so I don't know if the rest of the people were told they had to be, but everybody is now. Yeah. Uh, hey, and man. has been since it started. You want to work? Right. Let's go. Absolutely. Here's how we keep working. <laughs> I, I'm totally okay with that. And so yeah, even too. since then, it's our COVID pol- uh, policies have been changing by the week almost. Mm. We get tested before we go to yeah. bus call. We get tested anytime there's even the thought of a sickness, a cough, or whatever. Uh, everybody wears a mask. We wear masks around local crew. The only time we don't really wear a mask as of right now is on the bus yeah. with each other. Um, but so far, we haven't, knock on wood, hey man. haven't had an outbreak. Our tour's still rolling. Uh, we're doing it, man. I got friends that are on the road right now, and they have two CDC investigators or whatever oh, they're yeah. called on the road with them, and the headliners get tested every day. Really? And the band and the crew get tested every other day. Wow. And they go like... I will say we have a uh, uh, we have an infectious disease scientist specialist guy on call. He's came. He's come out to our tour to check how we do things day to day. Wow. Uh, okay. And he's there on call if we ever have any questions, if we have any concerns. Interesting. Uh, he's done that for us, um, Dave Matthews Band. Um, I think it's because of. I think he's kind of with Red Light Management. Okay. So it's like 
okay. the umbrella. You know, yeah. he's kind of working with everybody. But he started doing um, uh, movie sets and TV show sets where he was dealing with 400 plus wow. crew, you know, and everybody. And so over the last year, he's talked about how many people he's tried to keep safe. And the, basically they what they do is try to keep you as safe as possible. But when there is an outbreak, they try to make it as small as possible, yeah. contain it, get it away from everybody else. Make sure that whoever Gosh. is, you know. Yeah. So, if if something were to happen, I think that we could catch it pretty quick. Pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And take care of it. Where it's going to go, how long it's going to go, we're going to take it as far as we can get it, man. Dude, I think I think COVID is the cold. It's the flu. I think it's here forever. Now, it's something we gotta, we're going to have to deal yeah, with. Yeah. We got to figure out how to deal with it. Absolutely. That's, it's 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 here forever, man. Absolutely, man. You ready to do the lightning round? Yeah. Oh man, am I ready for this? Hang on. <clears throat> let me get a let me get a pull here. All right, Dan. You gonna get get you a pull? All right. Okay. <laughs> That's what we should have had tonight for Dime Bag. We should have had Black Tooth oh, Grins, man. Dang it, man. That'd have been a lot of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, that would have been too much. What's your favorite book? I don't read. I don't, man. You don't read? I mean, I read when I have to, but it's not like I do it for enjoyment. You're on the road 50 weeks a year and you don't read? Podcast, man. I listen to you. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> and plug. <laughs> Are you a bath or a shower guy? Shower all the way. Nice. What's the last gift you gave someone? A bottle of bourbon, actually. My sister and her uh, now oh, husband, man. they got married oh, recently. Nice. So what kind of bourbon was it? The brother-in-law. I think I got him uh, stag tea. What did I get him? <laughs> I forget what I got him. Willet. No. Ooh. No? Maybe it was Willet. Okay. Elmer T. That's what I got him. Elmer T? Elmer T. That is what I got I him. I even heard of that. I'm going to have to find that out, It's man. delicious. It's delicious. All right. Making a note here. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Yes. But is he different from the Yeti? Like, what? Are those the same thing? I think Do you think so? I think they're the same. I don't know. Or are those two different things in two different places? Mm. I don't know. I think he's out there. What was your first concert you saw? How old were you? And did you get a t-shirt? I didn't get a t-shirt. Okay. Because mom was waiting in the car. She, dude, it was a total... What's that movie? Uh, almost Famous. 100% an Almost Famous moment. Who was it? Who? It was ZZ Top. Nice. It was ZZ okay. Top. Uh, Leonard Skinner opened. It was ZZ Top. Oh, my gosh. It was great. It was a great show. What a great I night. Was, I want to say I was 14. And it, she took me and another kid off the baseball team. Neither one of us could drive... And she took us and it was like, she dropped us off outside and was like, y'all go have fun. I'm going to go to like a coffee shop. I'll be back in a few hours. Don't take drugs. Yeah. And you listened to her. I may have listened. Pretty much. (laughs) I listened to her. I'm a good kid. I was a good kid. You still are a good kid. What's the last movie you saw in a theater? Man, I can't. I can't call it. I know. COVID, I I can't call it. I can't either. It's been, Amy and I... I almost think it was like a James Bond, but I can't remember either. I don't even know that it was in 19, because I feel like I was pretty busy in 19. Yeah, 
Yeah, you would have been. Yeah. So I don't. I, I have no idea. Bambi, maybe. Man. Maybe it probably. If I was to go, it would have been a Marvel movie of some okay. sort. Okay. All right. Most likely. What was your nickname when you were a kid, and what's your nickname now? <laughs> nickname as a kid was. Oh, man, there's no, there's too many. Speedy Gonzalez was one of them. Oh, I like that. I was a fast runner, but I didn't run track. That was only in baseball. So I could only make it, what, 60 feet or 90 feet really fast. That's it. Speedy Gonzalez. What's your nickname now? Wreck. Wreck. R-E-K, which I'm okay with. I get it. It's like half of my first name. But anytime I introduce myself and I was like, you know, hey, I'm Rick. They always say, nice to meet you, Rick. I'm yeah. like, ah. But I don't have time to really. Well, my name's Bart, and I get, nice to meet you, Jim. Or nice to meet you, Brad. Or what? nice to meet you, Mark. Oh, whatever. Way off. So, what's your favorite song? Oh, that's, you can't do that. Yeah, I know, it's impossible. I, I don't know, man. I mean, it could be. Amazing Grace or something like that. I mean, just it probably that, would be more like a, a metal song or a Rush song. The Holy Triumph, man. I'm a the fan. Garden. Oh man, the Garden. It's dude, so good, dude. I listen to that all the time down here. The Garden just kills me. I'm a big Rush fan, man. And the thing is, in high school, that was not a cool band to be in, nope. into. You know what I loved about Rush is. I, in my egotistical, stupid, 80 kids <laughs> graduating head, is I'm so smarter than you. Yeah, you don't even know. Yeah, I'm listening to Rush. <laughs> and then the garden came, and that was, you know, and Nick Raskin, it says, he's so thankful that was the last thing they ever recorded. Together. Oh, he was, uh, that, that he was, was the producer, yeah. Man. So he, he was always so really thankful that was the last thing they ever recorded. Wow. So, if you were cremated, where would your ashes be spread? Man, I I kind of hope it'd be something like the dude, where they <laughs> like somebody tries to do it off a cliff and it just ends up in everybody's faces. <laughs> Out of a coffee can? Yes. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> is there a Ralph's around? Where's your nearest Ralph? Out of a out of the dude. Yes. So, what are you listening to these days for fun? Uh, well, we were talking about it earlier, man. I'm going back to the 80s thrash, oh, yeah. man. I've been into the 80s thrash metal. I'm just trying to revisit the old stuff. I've been in some Megadeth stuff, the old stuff. Um, Have you listened to that, uh, the Anthrax 40th anniversary I have not. series that might on be- YouTube? No. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It's so good. You'd Who love does it. that? What, do you mean? what are you talking about? It's, it's a- like a show? Yeah. Really? I'll show you afterwards. <laughs> I want to see it, but that's what I've been on. Yeah, I'm, man, it's so good, man. For I feel like for my age, like that's uh, I was like in a weird point where like <laughs> I probably should have been like more into the '90s Nirvana stuff for my age. Why? I I revert back to a little little further back, man. Thrash metal when you when you get into oh like uh, Slayer and stuff like that. That was my jam. Yeah. Hey, man. I get made fun of in high school for a lot of this stuff. Especially Rush, which is not thrash, but Rush, a lot of people made fun of me for that. I got made fun of by the get band geeks for listening to Rush. 
So at my high school, I played football and I was in the band. Okay. The football players made fun of me for being in the band. And then <sighs> when I would go to band, the band players would make fun of me for listening to Rush. It was just, I couldn't, <laughs> nothing I could do right. Well, who sold 100 million records? Oh, that's right. It was Rush. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So uh, what would you be doing now if you weren't drum teching and sitting on my couch drinking some fine Knob Creek? Oddly enough, I would be on the river, man. Yeah. Prior to prior to touring, I did. I had a lot of jobs. Oh, I've done a lot of jobs. Thought, dude, I was a baby grave digger. No joke. That's a real thing, dude. Which is different than a grave digger. People don't know that, but that's a real thing. Anyway, I did that. I but I was on the river and I worked on towboats. I don't know. You're like, what is that? <laughs> no, you're towing boats. I mean, I understand that. Like barges like and stuff. tugboats, yeah. Uh, hated that job, but it paid well at the time. Uh, you think you'd still be doing that kind of stuff? Or would you be drumming and playing in bars three nights a week? I don't know. Yeah, I don't I'd know. probably be on the barge. I don't know. It would have been too easy <laughs> to go back to that and make good money. Yeah. It would have been like, well... <laughs> Do you want a new truck or <laughs> do you want a, a bicycle? Right. <laughs> Playing in bars gets you a bicycle. Mm, yeah. Well, dude, I love you, man. Thank you so much for coming out to Disgraceland. This is so much fun. It's, it's so good to see you, man. Good it's to see so you. So good well. to see you.